1: Welcome to the iron women podcast. I'm Alyssa Gadeski and I'm here with my co-host Haley Chura. and Haley, before we get into our normal triathlon talk this week, I have a question for you because I would like to be training the dogs, a new trick. And so I'm crowdsourcing trick ideas. And so I'm wondering if cowboy has any like neat tricks or like really fun things that he does that I need to train max or well, mostly max. I think max needs a new trick up his sleeve to do.
2: Oh, Cowboy's most fun trick is, um, if you say the word die, he like lays down and like puts his, <laughs> puts his <laughs> legs up kind of, I mean, he won't fully put his head down because he wants a treat. And so he's like, uh, but, and it comes in handy. Like if you have rivalries with schools, you know, like, so for the most recent football national championship, my sister who went to TCU, I could be like, Cowboy, would you rather be a TCU fan or die? And he just like, <laughs> die. Because <laughs> he's a Georgia fan, of course. So that is my favorite party trick with him.
1: That's good. Actually, that aligns with what I was thinking because I guess you could use any word then, right? Because I was thinking of doing that with Max, but I want the word to be relaxy because I want to be like Maxie, relaxy. And then have him like roll back and lay down or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So the trick is the training part. They just, they don't learn that instantly. So now I need to YouTube, like how to fake, how to get them to roll over. Right. And do the steps. I, know.
2: I always wanted to do the, like, um, like play hide and seek where they like cover their face. I think oh, that yeah. one's really cute too. Um, but I couldn't get Cowboy to do it. Like there's no amount of treats that I could like figure out. Like you could make the connection of like, he put, again, he doesn't like to cover his face, I think, because he like wants to make sure he sees the tree. And so- um, that one I couldn't quite do, but I've seen other like Australian shepherds, border collies, other dogs that can do that. And it's really cute, but yeah,
1: he might also yeah. have a leg up on max in the intelligence department with his breed, but we'll see. I'll keep it, I'll keep you posted. It'll, um, exciting times here in, in the Vermont winter.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, did you by any chance catch the, the triathlon news, the global triathlon awards for last weekend? Did you catch any of that? Any of that coverage? Not really.
1: I saw some of the, like, outfit announcements that people were putting on Instagram, but that people was... dressed up, they were oh, fancy. It was yeah. very fancy
2: in nice oh, yeah. France. Oh yeah. I mean, and nice like this is becoming the hub of everything these days triathlon.
1: I know, but tell me, I didn't pay much attention. So enlighten me. What did, what I, happened? Okay.
2: I had me- meant to like bring this up last week. Cause I wanted to like to do some like, oh, who do we think is going to win? And now we know the winners, or I know the winners, but maybe you don't know the winners, so we could still do this. But um, here, okay, maybe here are the nominees for best female triathlete, and then you can say who who Ooh, you think. Okay, do you know, do you know who won? <laughs> no, I have no idea. Okay, the nominees: Ashley Gentle, Georgia Taylor Brown, Flora Duffy, Lucy Charles Barclay, Chelsea Sadero. What's the category? Best best, best female triathlete.
1: Female. Whoa. Okay.
2: Um. I would pick, Flora Duffy. That is who won. That Woo! is who won. So okay, that's very interesting. I think I would have picked Ash Gentle. Um, just she was gonna. That's I was debating. She won like it's everything amazing. she did. Yeah,
1: true, true.
2: Um, she just didn't. You know, she was uh otherwise occupied during the World Championship races, but um, but Flora did have a, a great year. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to pick on some of these ones. Here's another one that was very interesting. Rookie of the Year. The nominees were Chelsea Sidero, Connor Bentley, Sam Laidlow, Kenji Never. Oops. I think that one auto-corrected and Katie Crowhurst. I don't think that was the right last name, but sorry, Kenji, but, um, okay. But on that list of, uh, rookies of the year, how do you feel about it?
1: So I have to come clean because I did see the hubbub on Twitter actually about this one because Chelsea won this one. Right. And I was, and like, even I, I think I saw that and I, even I was like, this is this makes no sense. Chelsea's not a rookie. Like I was kind of surprised that that was the category they slotted her into. Um, right. So, or she is, I think a lot I, of understand,
2: I understand she is a Kona rookie, but so was Gustav Eden. So was Christian Blumenfeld. So shouldn't they be in the category as well? Like, um, but yeah, Chelsea has been a pro triathlete for at least six years. Like, um, at least. I mean, we had the, her on iron women like two or three years ago. Right. So yes, so I, I mean, mean that one, I mean she's been fourth at 70.3 worlds. Like, I guess you're a rookie unless she won a gold medal. Like oh. Yeah.
1: They needed to explain the rookie
2: status for I sure. know, or else Flora Duffy really needs to like, I, I don't <laughs> know exactly what prize they get, but like, you know, Flora's gonna be real strategic on her Kona debut, and so she can get rookie of the year <laughs> when she's been a true athlete for like 15 years, pro triathlete. But anyway, congratulations to Chelsea. She did win. I mean, it's great that she was recognized, but a little confusion on the criteria in that, that category. Um, okay. Here's another one. Lifetime kudos for a pro triathlete. Uh, Mm -hmm. the nominees were Sebastian Keenley, Mark Allen and Nicholas Bierig.
1: Well, I'm going to go with Nicola.
2: You know, because, you know, I only brought up the women winners. <laughs> I know these co-ed ones. Wait, I gave you too many hints ahead of time. But yes, Nicola did win that one. Congratulations, to Nicola. Incredible, you know, lifetime of uh, of achievement. I mean, that one's also, Sebastian's done a lot, but I don't think he's totally done yet. I mean, I think no. he has his farewell tour this year.
1: Yeah, that seems a little
2: premature. What What would happen, Hilissa, if you were like, got on a lifetime achievement list right now, and you're like, wait, I'm still here. excuse me. I have some things left on my bucket list here. I'm checking off. Thanks. Um,
1: Yeah, that is. Congratulations to
2: the winners. There were, you know, there were other men who won. There were some product winners. It's worth looking it up. I mean, I love award shows. um, And so, you know, I love it when we get to like see people dressed up and see who's getting Honored. Um, so you know, again, congrats to those who won and thank you for the entertainment here on our on our podcast.
1: Yes, and Haley, I had a very fun, exciting week because I got to announce finally that I am on team USA for the one water race this August. So I'm really excited because I'm sure through the podcast we'll be chronicling kind of my some of my training and my prep for this. Um, it's definitely a very big challenge in a lot and new to me in a lot of ways. So the one water race happened last year, there were, um, it was the first year of it running and it's basically a swim run <laughs> in Sweden. So many people think of, think of Attila, 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 Attilo. Attilo, Attilo,
2: Attilo. <laughs> I didn't know there was a special pronunciation. There
1: is. And that was my three attempts at trying to say it after watching many YouTube videos about it. And I think I still was wrong. So sorry, but um, you, it's basically like, uh, an even bigger version of that. And so you are swim running from the most Northern point in the Swedish archipelago. Did I say that right? To the Southern point And through that covering a distance of 50 kilometers in swimming and 200 kilometers in running. And the course, Wait, has how many days, 50 hours, oh, five, zero, ouch. 50 hours. Yeah. So and then That's not
2: that much time. oh my not goodness. that much time.
1: No, you gotta be uh no sleeping and
2: you just, swimming. like wait, are you in a
0: wetsuit?
1: Yes, sometimes multiple wetsuits because of the temperature. So sometimes you're wearing like a swim run wetsuit under a thermal wetsuit of when you're swimming through the night and you I'm run in that? And then you run in whatever, yeah, whatever you want to. So it is, it's kind of like, it really piqued my interest because it's like adventure racing meets swim run. Um, You know, like the gear for that amount of time and those conditions is like a very big thing. So you will swim run traditional races. You're racing for like eight to 10 hours, I think at the most. And like, you're basically in your gear, you're moving the whole time, but this is a longer time swimming through the night, those sort of things. So you do have to be more mindful about like stopping and eating and like, wearing the right clothes. And so like, there is kind of that transition aspect that you get in adventure racing where that comes more into play. And I mean, I'm just
2: trying to figure out the math on this. Cause I'm like, I think it would take me like 20 hours you. to swim 50 K. So I'll tell
1: you <laughs> that the winning team last year also said, I think I listened to a podcast and they said they had 84 transitions, like from swimming to running. So Jesus. most of the swims are like two to three K I think. And then there was like one big push of six or seven K swim towards the end that they had to do. Um, and the running, I think it sounds like it's anywhere from like three K to 10 K or like, it could be quite short depending on your route, because that's the other thing at play here. Haley is, there is not a predefined route. There are checkpoints along the way, but the teams are navigating with map and compass.
2: Yeah. I mean this, like no. making that time cutoff is going to be, that's hard. Cause I'm just like, Oh my goodness. I I can't even like I have my navigation skills. I, you know, that would be like really, I don't know how long that takes. Like I have no concept of that, but just like making forward progress, running and swimming um in a pool or like on a treadmill, I would have a hard time. I think doing all that in two days and two hours. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But teams when is this this
1: happening? Um the end of August. August twenty second. You got some time. How much are you
2: swimming right now? Well, I'm bumping up that yardage. I
1: can tell you that much. And actually, I started. I mean, Haley, I all but have retired from Ironman triathlon. And so part of that was like, okay, we bought a house that's like farther away from pools. It's like you know, nice for open water swimming in the summer. But like, I'm not going to be really stressing out to get to the pool in the winter. This is perfect. And then wouldn't you know, like the next big thing I'm doing is this full of fifty kilometers of swimming. So I am back in the pool, memberships at all the pool. I am a pool patron again, loving this life. And you know what? I think when you see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's like very doable, but I am swimming a lot more. Basically, as soon as I realized this was something I wanted to do and we were going to be forming a team, I started getting back in the pool. And, um, so now I think I'm swimming like 18,000 to 20,000 yards a week right now. Um, which is a lot more than the 5,000 I (laughs) was swimming like a month ago. So I am definitely increasing swim volume. I'm doing, I'm going to have to like get to a point where I can swim a lot with paddles because the, um, I'm on a team with Jared Shoemaker, who Haley, you might know, our listeners might know his name from the Olympics. (laughs) He's a very good swimmer. Um, and so I promised him that I will have my swimming speed up to par to not be towed the entire 50 kilometers. And I swim faster with paddles. You're allowed to have paddles in this race. So I okay. need to like, I'm gonna be the Hulk this summer. you have any currents?
2: Basically. Are there any currents or like downhills? Um, well,
1: so you're ocean swimming and you know, so I think Maybe. you're at the mercy of some hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Um, but I think we can do some gear adjustments. You know, Jared doesn't like paddles as much. I love
2: paddles. Oh, interesting.
1: Um he, you know, so like I'll probably have Who doesn't as like much paddles? neoprene on me as I can while keeping my shoulders okay. And then um, the pool buoy you can use is also like really big and floaty. It's like insane. I can't even swim with it in the pool because it like, I can't do a flip turn with it. It's so like buoyant basically. Mm-hmm. So, um,
2: Oh wait, I think I saw your you name. There's them. a third, third guy, right? Steve Keller from Ultraman. I recognize his name from Ultraman. Yes. Is he, he, um, had a rough double marathon. <laughs> is how I remember him. Is that right? Do I have the right um- guy? I don't
1: know if that's him. He still ran quite fast, but you probably, you definitely remember from Ultraman because he, he finished around DD just in front of her. I believe when she raced Ultraman Florida and Ultraman Hawaii this past year. Um, And so he is, he's not, he did not go to the Olympics for triathlon he's not like a natural swimmer more like myself, but he has obviously proven himself to be super strong distance, like open water swimmer um, taking on these Ultraman challenges and his like mindset is exactly what I think our team needs for this challenge personality wise. So far, so good. We're going to do some training weekends through the year to kind of test all of that. The, are you um, the best
2: navigator on the team? Does anyone else have navigation um, experience?
1: Jared. So Jared with his, has been doing a lot of adventure racing as well. Um, probably more than I have really through these past few years. And so he will be the head navigator. I'll be back up. Steve says he has no navigation experience. So he'll be our last ditch effort. And then this race is also really unique. You get a crew member. So we're having our safety person, crew member, Kristen, come over, who is like probably the most important person on our team because she is on a safety boat for a lot of the swimming in the night. She gets to like navigate us when it's dark outside she is getting to the islands ahead of us to have us like prepped with food and gear and things like that. And just kind of keeping us in it mentally. So,
2: nice.
1: um, I'm really excited. This is going to be definitely different. Um, so you don't
2: have to, do you have to carry all your gear? Like does it, do you have to swim in your shoes or can you like leave those with Kristen?
1: You can, so you can like toss them on the boat and they can okay. go on the boat. And so some things I think you have to carry, like when you're running, I think you have to carry your paddles and buoys still. Um, But, you know, I, I believe you wouldn't have to, like, if you wore a big thermal wetsuit, I don't think you have to carry the thermal wetsuit. I think certain things can be kind of left with crew, but, um, yeah, I have to find all those details out, but I am very excited. Um, this is your a race
2: for 2023
1: this. Yes. So, well, I mean, I'm running the marathon in March, which is definitely like an a race, but then very different. And like, you know, then this will be kind of what carries me through the rest of the year is the main focus.
2: Yes. You'll have that speed down for all 200 <laughs> kilometers. I mean, what is that? That's like 124 uh, miles, but rain. in my mind, it's like a perfect setup because
1: I'll, you know, I'll 30, do the speed I'll like swimming. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll, I'll do the speed. I'll have that in me. And then I can transition to the the stuff I like to do the longer, slower, um, strength running for the rest I mean, it's of the way year, to do so. it. Definitely.
2: Yeah. We're versus the other way around. Yeah, <laughs> The other way around would be a lot harder, yes. but, um, cool. I'm excited to hear more about this as the season progresses and enjoy, you know, making the most of those pool memberships. Hopefully you're getting your, <laughs> you know, your dollar per yard is better than anyone else in your state. Possibly. I ran into
1: Sarah true the other day at the pool. And I was, I was talking to her a couple weeks ago and I was like, maybe, you know, this year I'll just have to like, Come swim with you just for like change of pace, whatever. And then I was watching her swim the other day and I was like, I have a lot of work to do before I can even attempt to do this. So um, that's gonna be my short term goal is to get myself to the point where I can be swimming on Sarah's feet for some for some swim sets, or at least like you're gonna do, do double
2: wetsuit, bring yeah. all the gear. <laughs> I feel like I'm jumping in your lane.
1: <laughs> She'd probably not- let me. she'll love it. she'll she'll roll with it. She's good like that
2: uh, yeah, um, test it all out, but cool. Well, congrats on, on being selected. And, and I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited to hear more about it through, through the coming months. Uh, I think we do have a mailbag question this week. Um, so shall we, shall we answer that? Do you think this person is also doing, a um, <laughs> the one an go swim
1: <laughs> run? <laughs> they are not, but Haley, they are doing a, a marathon. So our mailbag, hey, question you today, have something in common with everyone. I know. So as a reminder, you can send a mailbag questions to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And we have a question coming in from Jill Livingston this week. And she lives in, I think in New England here because she's running the cheap marathon in Derry, New Hampshire. But I have to wonder if Jill is related to Debbie Livingston. Debbie Livingston's like a, she's not like, she's like, she's like a very well-known, very like strong, fast ultra runner. So I wonder if this is the oh, same Livingston lineage, but anyway, I digress. So Joel is also doing a small March marathon like myself on a rail trail, very similar. Um, the cheap marathon, which Haley, I looked up and they named it appropriately. It's, it's cheap. Guess how many dollars it costs to enter the cheap marathon.
2: I already know. I can't can't (laughs)
1: guess. I I shouldn't have told you. Okay. Our listeners take your guess. say it out loud right now.
2: I'll tell you, it's $26.21 for the first 100 people. Wait, and then it's like- what? Oh, cause it is 0.21 is an actual yeah. marathon. Yeah, I was like, crazy, wait, shouldn't right? it just be 20 cents? Know. So they got that extra penny in there, but yeah. I always forget that. It's like how a 5k is 3.11. I learned that very recently, very embarrassed to say that, but okay. It's so 26.21 is the, yes, marathon. is the official
1: dollar amount, but that's not okay. the question. The, the question that Jill has is she likes that this is a low drama, no swag event, but she is worried that she's going to have a mental drift through the race. Um, so she's looking for our strategies for staying focused and on pace when running a long race by yourself.
2: Okay. So I can, I can start on this one because Mm -hmm. I come from a swimming background and I will say, I love a solo run. Um, I think one of my first big marathons I did was Boston and it was so overwhelming for me. Um, and even before that I did like a mile race in downtown Athens, uh, Georgia where I went to school and like, I just was not used to people yelling at me like that. And like actually being able to hear them because in swimming, your head's under the water. So between that mile race and downtown Athens, Boston marathon, I was just like, Oh my goodness, get rid of this noise. Um, so I love that. I will say it trials. That was like the loudest race ever. And I loved it. So it's given taken me 15 years, but now I love the noise. So, but I think, I, um, I mean, I miss, I don't know if Jill, Jill is a um, triathlete at all, but you can kind of channel your inner swimmer a little bit and just sort of, um, you know, focus on things that, that you have a control over. If you're, I'm assuming she's probably using a watch. And so she probably has like pace and distance, which those are the metrics that, you know, I use frequently when running, um, in races and triathlons and in marathons and, and, you know, you kind of get to like watch the miles just like tick on by, you know, and just kind of, um, nutrition is another thing that I would focus on. Cause that's, usually a big deal in, in marathons. And, um, that makes the miles go by really quick because usually you get to a point where you're like, I don't want any more, but you're like, we're already here. I have to take another gel, but you do do take that other gel. So, um, those are things that I like to, to think about. And sometimes I will, you know, repeat mantras to myself or, you know, count footsteps or, um, you know, just, I don't know. I think, I think there's plenty of, of things that, that can go into the race, but also just kind of enjoying the silence of it. Like, I, when I raced in Daytona recently, the backstretch of that track was like so quiet and I could just like hear, I'm a really like heavy runner, like heavy, heavy footsteps. And so I'm like, <laughs> it makes me laugh sometimes. I'm noisy. I'm also very heavy breathing. Well, and the
1: super shoes are like so loud. I find Yeah, like, the, I'm, like, the it, I'm, like <laughs> whoosh. yeah, like it's so bad. It's like a, an elephant coming through, but no, it's just Alyssa. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's like between my breathing and my footsteps, there's like a lot of noise and I'm just like, Oh <laughs> my goodness. This is so funny. I don't know. It makes me laugh a little bit. Um, but also I'm like, you can find some rhythm in my breathing. And, um, and also I just like think about how each step is getting me a little bit closer, each really loud step. So, um, I don't know. Those are some of the tricks I use. How about you, Alyssa?
0: Yeah,
1: I think that, that, that's really good advice. And then just practicing it, like doing training runs solo in a, maybe an environment that will be kind of rail trail, like our rail trails are probably all snow covered up here, but just you know, a long flat stretch of road. That's pretty boring and not letting yourself have music or podcasts or whatever to kind of keep yourself entertained, making yourself do that using the treadmill, just to practice kind of, you know, being in that zone. And I find it's really helpful, um, to like take a minute or two kind of before workout, or I think it's really easy to like just roll through things really quick when days are busy. But if you like take a second before you start to be like, okay, I am here for the next two hours. This is what I'm doing. So like my mind, like, let's get my mind on this. Let's like have a plan. Like, yes, I'm going to take this gel at these miles or this this time frame. I'm going to be drinking water at this time frame. Right. I'm going to kind of just like, you know, clear your mind of other like riffraff. Right. And you can do that before the race too, I think is really good. Cause like I'll, sometimes I've raced definitely when like, I've had um, a lot of things going on, just like life coaching, whatever. And it's hard to like focus. Right. But you get to the The time before the race and you're like, okay, I'm, uh, there's nothing I can do about any of those life things, right? For the next four hours or whatever race you're racing, right? I'm in this race. So like, let me give myself that like permission to just focus on the race. Um, but that does, I think, take practice. So kind of go through that routine, I think in the beginning, um, or just like all through your training, I think is really good. Um, and then the treadmill is also like really good tool. I think for that, for practicing being in kind of in a a boring environment where, you know, you don't have to do a long run on it, but just practice staying focused. Um, but yeah, like Haley, I kind of relish in that sort of environment. I also find, especially for running races, like I'm trying so hard to run the pace that I'm trying, like I'm mentally just thinking about, am I still sprinting? Am I still feeling like I'm sprinting? Am I still sprinting? Because like, 10th of a mile after 10th of a mile, just to like make myself keep trying as hard as I can, because I feel like, um, that keeps me very engaged. So if you, you can always maybe try and bump up your goal time to a point that your mind can't escape, um, uh, can't escape that factor. So, um, and you get to the finish line faster that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is a good question. And Jill, you'll have to let us know how that one goes. Um, I, do I still have it up? Where I can see what, um, April. what date it is. Is it the April. same date? Oh, April, April. 16th. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, you'll get to hear my, my marathon stories before yours, but we'll be wishing you all the luck for that prep. And thanks for the mail by question. As a reminder, iron women podcast at gmail.com.
2: And we Whew, do have Haley. a great
1: interview. We a yeah, great we've interview. been doing a lot of talking. So I'm excited for this interview now.
2: Yeah. So oftentimes I think actually the last two, two episodes, we've, the two episodes we released in 2023, we'll, we'll ask athletes that we interview for a few photographs so that we can share them on social media to promote their appearance on the show. And a lot of those photographs and including those, the ones I just mentioned from Rachel Mensch and Grace Alexander, they come with a photo credit to the Nordica photography. So Uh, We wanted to learn more about about, uh, the people behind the Nordica photography and especially Nettie Nygaard because Nettie and her partner Mark Evans are the owners and creative minds behind the Nordica photography and so today we are going to talk to Nettie about life behind the lens and her personal history in triathlon and her work as a body image and nutrition coach. And we ask her for a few tips on how to be more photogenic during races. So she gets really good shots of us. So we'll have our conversation with Nettie Nygaard right after a word from our sponsors.
1: Racing has begun, which means training is not in off season mode anymore. We love having an extra something for those hard days, and lately we've been using Amino Co products
2: for that mental and physical boost. I first tried adding a scoop of AminoCo Perform to a glass of water before hard workouts. My workouts were feeling so good that I even made sure to pack a canister of Perform for my recent races. And Heal was
1: an easy add to my post-workout
2: routine. The chocolate flavor is really good, and it
1: has the essential amino acids needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Targeted essential
2: amino acid formulas like this are four times more effective than any protein source. All AminoCo products are 100% science-backed, created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Robert Wolf, who has also completed 62 marathons in under 2 hours and 30 minutes. Wait, Haley, 62 marathons under 2 hours and 30 minutes? Yes, Alyssa, I double checked it. That is correct. 62 marathons in under two hours and 30 minutes. Dr. Robert Wolf knows how to run fast. That is
1: incredible. And for our listeners, you can try AminoCo Perform and Heal or any of the AminoCo products for 30% off with the code IRONWOMEN at aminoco.com forward slash IRONWOMEN. No matter where you are at in your swimming journey, Orca has fit-for-purpose swimwear designed to meet your needs. Innovation has always been part of Orca's DNA, and when it came to the development of their new triathlon wetsuits, a wide range of skill levels and different types of triathletes were taken into account. Whether you're looking for maximum flexibility, maximum buoyancy, or somewhere in between, Orca wetsuits are designed to help you achieve better performance in the water. It is performance made simple. Use code IRONWOMEN15 for 15% off all items at orca.com.
0: Hi, Nettie. Welcome to the Iron Woman podcast. Hi, Haley. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you and Alyssa today.
2: Yeah. And you are one of the people who are behind the lens of the Nordica photography. So can you tell us the story of how you became an endurance sports photographer?
0: Uh, it's, you know, kind of a long story, but I was not in the sports realm at all. I did mostly wedding, family portraits. And then beginning of 2022, 20, Mark and I had started dating and I went to his race in Galveston. And I had my camera and I was like, I'll just try to get some pictures of you. I had never been to an Ironman before. I was not a triathlete. <laughs> I was not into that at all. And I just I got some pictures of him and he ended up using them on his page. And then Boco used it, <laughs> some pictures of him, Boco Gear, the hats. And then Cupcake Cartel used them and ended up. Like a couple of brands used my pictures, and I was like, "Whoa, this is cool!" And then from there, I went to his next race, which was White Lake in North Carolina, and he introduced me to some pro triathletes out there. And he was like, "Just try to get some pictures of them." And we asked, "Is it okay if I get some pictures of you?" And it just kind of snowballed from there. So then the next race was Chattanooga, and I got more pictures of more pros people I'd seen at White Lake, and people like Jackie Herring and and Jason West that I got pictures of and then started getting messages from like big brands like Ventum hey did you get some pictures of Jason hey did you get pictures of Jackie and just it just kind of exploded from there it was like wow I had no idea who these people were I'm totally new to this sport and Mark's like in my ear like try to get pictures of this person and this person and this person and it just it's evolved from there so now we Mark's kind of the video guy. He does the drone footage, more of the video stuff, and I'm more of the photographer, so we kind of tag team that way, so that's that's where it started, and it's just 2022, just we went to race after race after race. I don't know if you want to go more into those details of like how it continued to evolve, but that's where it started was Mark's for first Ironman I saw him racing, so and I'm curious. So as
1: that has evolved, how has your like knowledge within the sport changed? Like, are you getting into triathlon now, or is it still kind of like the subject matter to you? And you know, and you just kind of know key people now, or are you like getting into the racing and following people and getting attached to certain certain folks racing?
0: Yeah, I I did my first sprint in June. And so you're going all in too with yourself, which is awesome. Yeah, I just did my first 70.3 in October. It was North Carolina. And literally the week before my first sprint in June, Mark's like, You should probably start swimming. You should probably sign up for a race if you want to try triathlon. So the week of the race, I signed up and started swimming, and it was a disaster. I am not a swimmer. (laughs) So that's kind of where it started. It was just like full on go for it. And then I, did an Olympic and then signed up for 70.3. He's like, you might as well try it, see if you like it. And he coached me through it. And I, I will say from the first race I did, my respect for the athletes that I shoot in races is just skyrocketed. What you guys do is incredibly hard in various ways. And every race is different. And I just have so much more respect. So when I shoot now, I feel like what I'm looking for, trying to shoot in races has changed. I try to put myself in their shoes of, all right, in triathlon, what would I want pictures of? And so that's it's kind of changed my goals with each race, what I'm trying to shoot as well. The the more I try to understand it. I'm definitely a novice. I'm just starting, but it's it's been really eye-opening doing my first races.
2: And where does the name
0: the Nordic of photography come from? <laughs> so I'm Norwegian. Um, so it kind of comes from that, that Nordic background. I I was a makeup artist several years ago and my business back then was Nordic Beauty Co. And I kind of wanted them to blend together a little bit, but Nordic photography was taken. So I did Nordica. And when Mark came on, we actually talked about changing it. And he was like, no, just keep it. It kind of, kind of you and your heritage. So let's just keep it. And so people ask that, like, are you by chance Nordic or Scandinavian? So that, that comes up So.
1: And you mentioned that, uh, last year you guys were going kind of race to race to race. Have any of the races that you've been to been especially like challenging to capture?
0: Yeah. Every race is so different, um, comes with its own challenges. We definitely try to go early, kind of like the athletes go early to scout things out (laughs) before the race we do that in our own way too. Obviously we're looking at it differently, but we try to figure out where we want to be for the swim, the run, and the bike and the run. And it always changes because when you get spectators out there, maybe they move cones or change certain things, your plan has to kind of change. And then with the lighting. So when it's super bright, there's a bunch of cones or there's like signs and people, it can be really tricky. I will say Eagle Man was really tough because just the the bike course was so far out. Um, Mark ended up going out and getting video footage out there. But, and that's nice that there are two of us because we can kind of be like, all right, you go way out there. I'll go over here, which is rare. Usually photographers are kind of by themselves. So it's a little trickier. Um, But we just, uh, Eagle Man was tough because it was super dark and rainy. And that was, that one was especially difficult. Usually they're super bright. <clears throat> so you're fighting with the sunlight, but they're, that's the thing. They're always different. And you just never know what you're going to get. You just kind of have to roll with it. Is it ever hard to get a media permit
2: um, to take photos at some of the races or the race locations?
0: Yeah, every brand of race is different. So, I will say Iron Man is definitely the most difficult <laughs> to try to get permits to <clears throat> or getting a VIP pass to try to get in and take pictures. If you want more like finish line type pictures or swim start, things like that, it's a little trickier. Um, clash is the easiest. I, we just went and shot our first clash. That was where we went, met you, Haley, and they were – above and beyond so welcoming to media whatever you need where what kind of shots do you want to get what athletes are you shooting they were just so nice so easy to work with so it it really depends on the race brand and I would say PTO they're contracting so many people out to take pictures that it's I would say that one is unless you're shooting specific athletes um They just have so many photographers out there that that we went to Dallas and it just felt like, all right, all these athletes are getting all the pictures they could ever want, all the video they could ever want. It just kind of felt like, all right, this is kind of a waste in a way. But then also, I feel like we're different in the sense that we don't just shoot the top one, two, and three finishers. We, We shoot everybody. The very last person like we try to get pictures of everybody we we've made a lot of friends that way shooting new pros people that maybe no one really knows who they are yet um we'll send them pictures at the end and they're like oh my gosh i went to this race by myself i had no one there i needed to post something but i didn't have pictures to post at the end i'm trying to get sponsorships but it's hard to get sponsorships when you don't have pictures on instagram so That's, we try to go and just shoot as many athletes as we can, especially in the pro field.
1: And what about venues? Do you have a favorite triathlon venue that, you know, just in terms of like the aesthetics of the pictures you can get there that makes for like really good photographs?
0: Ooh, well, I would say, I mean, the most, probably because it's the most fresh in my mind, but Clash was really cool. Being on the speedway with that backdrop, it was just really cool. And that you get to see the athletes come around multiple times. So, if the fr- you know, one time around you didn't get the shot that you wanted, you get a second chance, which is very rare. Usually they're going by you 20, 30 miles an hour, and you're like, all right, if I don't get it now, I'm not going to get a bike shot of them. So, there's a lot that was nice seeing them multiple times. Um, Lake Placid is really cool. I just and that's the thing. Chattanooga was really cool. Lake Placid was really cool, and that's what we love about shooting is trying to capture the scene of where each race is, so you can look at a picture and go, "Oh, that's Chattanooga" or "That's Lake Placid." So yeah, I mean, that's every race is so different. That's that's the fun part of it is every venue is different, and I would say. Augusta, we went to Augusta and that one was more challenging. Um, show you the bikes just like so far out there and that, and that's the challenge with each race is a lot of times the bike is really difficult to get out and get pictures of. So we try. <laughs> yeah. You
2: touched on you and your partners, your partner, Mark, and how he, he does a lot more video and you do more still photographs and with video becoming more popular on social media. How do you decide when when you're posting still photographs when you take recording video, is there is there a method to it, or is it just whatever you have?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of times marked as the posting. So if he if he sees something that we either I captured or he captured that he really is like, "Oh, this is cool. We need to get this out there." Um then he'll post it. I mean, as far as, laying out how we post things yeah I mean there is some thought that goes into that but a lot of times it's we just try to put out some of our favorite pictures and we have a lot of I will say we're not as active as posting because I mean we just have so much (laughs) there's you can't post everything from every athlete from every race. It's just, it's a lot. And cause we try to shoot like everybody, but yeah, we just, whatever we really like from certain races, we'll post a little bit here and there. Um, yeah. Just
2: do you, do you find like you get more requests for videos from brands or from athletes or is it still, everyone still likes a lot of still photography?
0: I will, I will say video <clears throat> is growing in pers- in popularity. People oftentimes will be like, hey, did you get video of me? It's like, I didn't, but maybe Mark did. <laughs> so it's it's definitely, you're right, it is growing in popularity. And people love pictures. I mean, I, I really love capturing kind of like the the grit, the candid aspect of what each athlete's doing and personality. Um, and people like that, but video is just with the reels and everything. It's it's just growing with popularity. So we're trying to dabble a little bit more in that, experimenting yes with drone, but also other types of video. Uh, we're still pretty new at it, but we're trying to practice. We've got some triathletes that are local that we will go and do content shoots with, and it's it's yes to help them, but also for us to kind of practice. <laughs> And and figure out that video side because it is really popular.
2: Oh wait, does this mean we might see some videos of Katie Zaviris sometime soon? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I saw some
0: of those in your story. Yes, we went and did a shoot with Katie. It was super fun. So yeah, we have a lot of video. I got quite a few videos of her. We're we're working on helping athletes like Katie. Uh, she's local, so it's a little easier get video content for brands and so yeah we helped her make a few reels that I guess she'll put out when she's ready to so we'll we'll see when she puts them out but yeah that was really fun it's and capturing videos of her with her baby with Tommy that was really special to see her how she balances like training and then also being a mom and
1: it's really beautiful to watch. Oh, we can't wait to see those. That's a good little teaser. So, (laughs) um, and what about kind of, you know, everyone's interested in like the Instagram algorithms, right. And having to kind of play that game. Do, do you guys feel like you have to play kind of that game as you're like a brand and trying to get, you know, your photos and videos seen more and, 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 so are you worried about that at all? Or do you guys prioritize really just capturing the moments you want and getting those out?
0: Yeah, I will say that photography is, I mean, it's its a hobby for us. It's not our day job. So it's not really like our top priority is keeping up with our posting because it's not our primary focus in our life right now. but. It is growing. The more people reach out to us, like people reach out and be like, "Hey, are you coming to this race? I'd love for you to shoot my race." We do do that. Like if people want their whole race captured, we'll track certain people on the tracker and make sure we capture the race. But it's really it's growing. I will say it's growing, and we are the more that it's growing, we're like, "Okay, wow, well, maybe we should put a little bit more focus on this and posting a little bit more." Um, The algorithm is something that is always changing. So you can't really keep up with it. The biggest thing I will say with Instagram is, especially Instagram, is just being yourself and being consistent. And that's what people want to see. People want to connect to a human being. They want to see your personality um, and they don't want to just have everything look manufactured because it's hard to connect with something that's super manufactured. And, and so we, that's why we love taking more candid type things is I feel like people see, I've gotten messages, people see our pictures and like, wow, like I could just feel the emotion in that picture. And I could really connect with that. And so we really just try to post things that we feel like people can connect to and relate to. And I think with time, we'll get more consistent with our posting on there. It's not really each of our main page, but we're, we're working on being more consistent with the algorithm and all that.
2: (laughs) Nettie, you've mentioned Clash Daytona a couple of times, and that is where you and I met and you were on site taking pre-race photos. You shot both pro pro races on Friday, and then you yourself raced that sprint triathlon on Saturday. (laughs) So what was that weekend
0: like for you? lots of coffee. (laughs) So, (laughs) So yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was fun. So we kind of, well, I went early, we got there early, we got there, I think on Wednesday. And then Thursday morning, I went, I actually went to the racetrack with Grace Alexander and Jason West. Somehow they let me on the track with my TT bag. I think they thought I was a pro. I am not a pro, but they thought I was. And so they just kind of let me on the track. So I'm like out there, like practicing on them. I was practicing on, well, you were out there. I happened to get pictures of you and your are athletes. I was scoping out which spot I wanted to be in. And yeah, so planned all that out. So took pictures of the, the women racing and then I didn't, I didn't have time to stay and take pictures of all the women finished. I literally watched like the first five, six women finish. And I was, there were a couple women that I was like shooting, shooting that day, like planned, like they paid me to shoot their day. And like, as soon as the last one crossed the finish line, I was like, all right, I'm out of here. And I had about 10 minutes before the men started. And I just like booked it over to the men's start. Just waited till the last guy came out of the water and then ran over to the racetrack and watched them and shot their race, which was interesting. There were not many people watching the men's race. I was the, I was one of two photographers out there for the men's race, but they were like six, seven photographers for the women's race. So a lot of the men, when I sent them their pictures, they were like, oh my God, thank you so much. I didn't have any pictures. So which is usually the opposite. Usually there are a lot more people watching the men's race versus the women's race and shooting the men. Um, yeah. And then I went back and edited till probably 10, 11 and then got my stuff ready for my race and then (laughs) woke up the next day and went and did my sprint. Um, yeah, I was, very tired but it was really fun to be out there again it was actually kind of emotional um because mark i don't know if mark was one of the iron man hit in 70.3 worlds saint george two months ago and so um sorry a little emotional but um leading up to there has been crazy just A lot has happened. Um, And so being back out racing again was just kind of an emotional thing. Um, Just having him there and just, yeah. The first, like it was not, obviously, I wasn't going out to win or anything. I did not care at all. Um, about that I just wanted to go out and get back to a sense of normalcy honestly and um, having one of us race or do something with triathlon feels like a sense of normalcy so just being out there shooting the race was like all right we're getting our life back (laughs) so just the first mile in on the run I was just like like happy tears it was just so happy to feel a sense of, all right, we're getting back into our normal life now. And then seeing him at the finish line. Um, well, he didn't have his neck brace on because it actually like snapped when he was wearing it earlier that day. And so he didn't have it on. But um, it was just it was a really special weekend, just being back out there. That was the first race we had shot since his crash at at World. So Anyway, just kind of threw that in there. <laughs> it, no, it was we, a big weekend for us. We appreciate you bringing
2: that up because I do think a lot of our listeners would recognize Mark as one of the two competitors who were involved in that crash with a drunk driver during the race at the seventy-point-three World Championships in Saint George last October. So, how is Mark doing now? Now that it's been been a, a couple of
0: months, is he okay without the neck brace? Yeah, he just got an MRI last weekend, and his back and neck are cleared. Um, he's his back and neck are all healed up he's he's not in his splint anymore he doesn't have to wear any type of brace anymore he just he's back running he just got cleared to lift Um, and he did his first bike ride out on the road last week which was huge I he was like I'm gonna ride today and I was like I am moving everything I you're not Going out on your first ride by yourself. Like I'm I want to be there for that. And he did amazing. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Um, and he he's doing PT three times a week. He actually just got back from a PT appointment and it or they work him over pretty hard. Like he's he's like, I want my arm back, I want my strength back. So he's he's working really hard to get back. So and he starts training again. He's actually signed up for Happy Valley. 70.3 in July. So he's, he's starting with uh, a new coach in about a week and a half, two weeks. So he's like, I'm ready to get back into training. So he's doing really well. It's
1: really good to hear and definitely send him our best. And, you know, I'm sure like Haley said, a lot of our listeners would have recognized him as, as one of those competitors. So, um, I think there's a lot of people out sending good vibes for him. So to keep that healing process going. Um, and Nettie at the beginning of talk of talking with you, you kind of mentioned that as you started racing, it helped you understand the sport and gave you, you know, more ideas for the photos that you wanted to capture. And so I wanted to kind of like prod you a little bit more on that, you know, and is it like, you know, when you think about those moments that you feel like are, are the moments to capture, right. Do you, and it's not necessarily always the finish line. Right. So, What kind of, you know, moments are these, is there specific parts of the race that you're drawn to as being more maybe emotional or like where you can really kind of see like the grit and the determination that these athletes are kind of going through while they race?
0: Yeah. I mean, one that sticks out in my mind and maybe it's because I got a picture of it was at the moment, obviously I'm still learning all these athletes names and recognizing them like okay that's that person and finella Langridge at um, pto dallas i got a picture of her and it was and on that course the runners go like over this bridge and under the under the road that they ride on and run on so it's kind of this underground part where there are no spectators like there's nobody down there except like a volunteer. And then me and one other photographer was down there and she's, it's, it's crazy hot. That race was incredibly humid, incredibly hot. And she's bent over under that overpass. Just, she looked like she was going to pass out and just capturing that moment of moments like that, where athletes are in that just pain caves, so you guys call it just just struggling to keep going and then they start again and keep going for a little bit longer until they feel like they can't do it again or just moments like that where you can see the pain and it's not a finish line picture and that and that's a lot of times what people look for is what place did you get and did you get a finish line finish line picture? And we're rarely at the finish line for m- multiple reasons, but we like the course pictures. What, what part of the race was the most difficult in capturing that like grimace, that pain and the smiles. It's really fun seeing people see their loved ones on the course and capturing them smiling at their loved ones or Things like that, just the people capturing the people that help them get there to that start line, and then the different moments throughout the course that they're just like, "Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I doing this?" and pushing through that. That's that's what we love capturing. And and I mean, I have an athletic background, but it's not in triathlon and doing triathlon and, and experiencing that run off the bike for one and is hard. Like, and then the swim coming out of the water, like trying to catch your breath when you're taking everything off and and getting on the bike, like just capturing those moments of people trying to collect themselves to get into the next part of the race and you and mark are so generous with
2: your uh, with the athletes in the profile especially you often send these incredible fo- photos for us to use for us to share with our sponsors and i think you even post a library on your website that athletes can download pictures for free why does it feel important to you to you know share these talents with the professionals
0: well i would say it's a A sport that does not get the coverage, like the NFL, for example. It's it's not as popular, and it's and we just have so much respect for it and what the athletes do, and we just we love the sport and we love the community of triathlon and the people that do it, and we just love helping the pro athletes in particular because. A lot of the pros are out there doing all these races, not making any money or hardly any money, and they're working their ass off to be out there and do something that they love. Like They love it so much that they're spending all their money to go to these races and do their best and and live month by month to do something that they love and we just have so much respect for that and we we love supporting people that truly sacrifice a lot to do something that they love and are incredible at it and maybe don't get the the recognition that maybe they should especially in a sport like this I think it's often underrated how difficult it is just the time and the effort and the money that goes into it. And we just, we want to help as many athletes as we can. And we've, through all this, we've been able to help different teams and athletes get sponsorships by providing pictures. And it seems so simple and I mean it it seems like oh it's just pictures, but it, it really has been super helpful to a lot of people and it's something that we love doing. We love being out on courses, watching the athletes, cheering for them, building relationships with them and and capturing their races and capturing their personalities. Cause a lot of these people, these athletes, people don't really know them as people. <laughs> they see their name on a roster and it's just A name and a face on Instagram but getting to know a lot of these athletes has been really cool like they are human beings that have day-to-day struggles as well and they're just really good people we love the triathlon community and we just love the sport and it's a way for us to give back and everyone has their own ways of giving back I think and this is just one way that we try to give back.
1: Yeah, it's definitely appreciated. And I think Haley and I can relate to that feeling as we've grown the podcast and gotten to know some of the, you know, the other women racing and being able to share their stories. Um, you know, similar, we Haley, you don't want to trust Haley and I with photography (laughs) and getting that out there. So, um, good that you're taking care of that, but, um, what about on the athlete side of things? Do you have any tips for the athletes to make themselves more photogenic or is there anything we could be doing that could help you get the perfect shot?
0: Ooh, yeah, Honestly, I think the perfect shot is you just doing your thing. Um, just be your honest self out there. I think the best pictures are when they're not Tailored. It's not like, hey, look at me and smile. We love the pictures where it's you, like putting the gel in your mouth or like fixing your sports bra or whatever it is. Just, just doing what you do out there to the best of your ability. And um, if you see us out there, feel free to say hi. We want to meet you. And if you want to shoot a smile at us, we. We love it when occasionally we'll shoot at shoot races and athletes will recognize us and they'll smile and wave or come over and give us a fist bump or peace sign. We just we love interacting with the athletes. So don't be shy and and just do your best out there. Like you don't have to do anything special. Just just do your thing.
2: You know you're a good photographer when you can make eating a gel look good. <laughs> Cause no one looks good eating a gel, but I, I do see how it, in the moment it is, that is exactly what you're going for. That like candid grit and like reality of this is what triathlon is. It is eating gels while trying to run really fast and breathe and <laughs> wave and two peace signs at the same time. But Nettie you're, you're so generous, uh, with your race photography, but as you've mentioned, you do have a day job. So in addition to event photography, I believe you also work as a body image and nutrition coach. So can you tell us about that part of your work?
0: Yeah. So that's my day job. I do. I went to school to be a dietitian, so I, I help primarily women, but also men. It's, I would say, 80-20 men to women that I coach. I almost have a coach. I feel like a lot of people calling yourself a dietitian is a little bit, they get intimidated. So I, I primarily help people with improving their relationship with their food, nutrition, and their relationship with their body. It, they go hand in hand, um, and it's something that I struggled with in my own way, like as a young girl and becoming a woman. And I it's it's really hard not having a positive relationship with food and your body and trying to feed yourself as an athlete. Um, and not everyone I coach is per se an athlete, but they're people that are trying to be healthy and work out and take care of themselves. So I help a lot of people athlete or not improve their relationship with food and understand how to feed their body properly and to the best of their ability and understand how to Tune into what their body needs day to day. Without, I'm a I'm a non-track your food macro coach. I just I'm that's just not my style because that's not conducive to everyday life. Like it's that's not reality. <laughs> Sitting there tracking your food all day every day, especially as an athlete, like who has time to sit there and, and put everything that you're eating all day? Um, but I focus more on learning how to listen to what your body needs. And really understand how to feed your body.
1: And as we look ahead to the 2023 race season, do you know yet where you'll be taking photos and maybe even racing yourself?
0: Yeah. I mean, we've already planned out a couple, so we're definitely going to be at Clash Miami in March. We're going to be shooting that race. We're not planning to race that one right now, but who knows? We kind of are spontaneous that way. That's what happened with Daytona. Literally, as we're loading the car, Mark's like, hey, are you going to race? I'm like, well, I guess I can. I'll throw my bike on the car. <laughs> so, uh, we'll be there shooting, maybe racing. I don't know yet. Uh, and then, I'm actually racing 70.3 St. George in May. So, I'm going to go back and try to finish that course for Mark, because he didn't get to finish it this last year. And then, He's doing Happy Valley in July, but that's all we planned right now. I'm just, my goal is to get him to Happy Valley and myself to St. George and go from there. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll get more ambitious as we start training again. But as far as shooting, well, we're still planning that out. The logistics of trying to, that's our thing is trying to stay on top of your training while traveling to all these races and shooting them it it kind of gets hard to keep up on both but we're still planning that out
2: well we appreciate you taking on the challenge I will look forward to seeing you in Clash Miami I do think that that race works especially well for uh shooting the pro race and then racing yourself in the uh sprint distance so I mean well works it theoretically it makes for a very light late night for you but um but uh so I hope I hope to see you there and I hope hopefully at a few other races
0: in the 2023 season thank you so much for coming on the show oh thank you guys it was a pleasure seeing you again Haley meeting you Alyssa, and thank you for the opportunity to talk about what Mark and I do with Nordica photography it's really fun
1: Haley, I know they say nothing new on race day, but I have to confess. I was so excited to get the salt stick fast shoes in the mail and I packed them for my swim run and used them in the race without even trying them.
2: And did you learn your lesson? Yeah, I learned the lesson to eat salt stick fast shoes. They are the only chewable electrolyte tablets. These are
1: uniquely absorbed through the mouth tissue, which can absorb nutrients two to four times faster than the small
2: intestine. They're like a sweet tart, but for electrolytes with seven fruity flavors. I tried the tart orange and it was delicious. I also packed some salt stick electrolyte drink mix for my race travels lately. And I plan to keep a packet on hand for emergency hydration during the Taylor Swift concert. You can never be too prepared. Feisty listeners can get 20% off on one-time purchases and subscriptions to help you
1: maintain your electrolyte balance through races and epic Taylor Swift set lists by going to saltstick.com and using the code FEISTY. That's 20% off at saltstick.com with the code FEISTY.
2: Well, thank you to Nettie for joining us on the podcast. And we look forward to seeing all the great shots. She will for sure get, she and Mark will get at uh, clash Miami and other races later this season. We, We can't wait to see them. And Alyssa, in the meantime, um, I hope you really enjoy swimming all the yards and all the meters and running all the miles since, uh, I mean, the, the running we knew was happening anyway, but now I love thinking about you in the pool all the time too.
1: You know me, Haley. Just trying to give you that extra, extra. I don't know. I, I feel like when you're thinking of me in the pool, you're probably like laughing because you know exactly what it takes to get back into swim shape, and it's probably <laughs> but well, imagine I'm thinking- for you. Times like times
2: three times as hard, right? For not yeah, swimmer. But also, I mean, I'm like all so- the gear. I'm like, yeah. I just I I love picturing because I know how um how awkward it is to walk into a pool deck with like one wetsuit on. And so I love the thought of you <laughs> having to test out two wetsuits. <laughs> I want to send Nettie there to take photos of you on the pool deck with two wetsuits and paddles and full oh boy. Oh, <laughs> you
0: got to test
2: it. You got to test it. Are you going to wait? Well, yes, you, you have time. You can wait till the, the legs unfreeze, thaw, Thaw thaws Yeah, I'm looking for.
1: (laughs) I know. I think so. I think I have a little bit of time so I can do that in open water. And Haley, if people, so if, if listeners if you do want more insight into the one water race just check out on my Instagram I'll leave up the link to the trailer it's pretty fun it's what got me hooked into this challenge um it's on YouTube but yeah it's you can link it through my through my Instagram and check it out and it's I think it's like motivating for like hard challenges so um good time for that and Haley I hope you're just cruising along next week we'll have to catch up on your training for Clash Miami because it's going to be a party down there. It's going to be like a reunion of iron women podcast guests 2023 so far. So I know everyone we talked to everyone Yeah, <laughs> going to be
2: there. I'm telling you these clash races, once you try them, you're just like going to sign up for all of them. But, um, yeah, it's been great catching up, Alyssa. I will talk to you next week. Bye Haley. You have been listening to the iron women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Amelia Perry and produced by Ellen Titian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more
1: podcasts, events, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.